The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, On the Road Again. Featuring actor, author, playwright, and political commentator Jordan Rhodes on Talk 94.5. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. All right, On the Road Again with Jordan Rhodes. Jordan, where in the world are you today? Well, I am in New York, uh, Liz, and hi, Nick. Uh, and uh, I've got uh, had an interesting week mm. in New York to tell you guys about. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, yeah. We had, uh, we had two demonstrations and, of course, a parade. Uh, the <laughs> demonstrations, the, uh, the first demonstration was, uh, of course, about Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing but misinformation. I know you guys were talking about it earlier on the show, and uh, it, it's, it's just unbelievable how many young people participate in these things and yeah. have no idea what they are demonstrating against. It, it kind of reminds me of a movie years ago uh, that uh, Marlon Brando did. I think it was called The Wild One. And uh, he was a uh, head of a motorcycle gang called The Rebels. And he was in a coffee shop, and it actually was based on a true story that took place in a northern California town. But he was at a coffee shop, and a young girl saw that they were the rebels, and she said to him, uh, Johnny, what are you re- rebelling against? And his character said, I don't know. What have you got? And <laughs> so so, so that's, that's, that's kind of how these young people are, because mm-hmm. they're, all, uh, they're all up in arms over Roe v. Wade, meaning that abortions will not be allowed anywhere in the continent of the United States again, and we all know that's completely false. Right. Uh, all, it, all it is, it just went back to the states is where the law should have been in the first place. It never should have been a federal rule. And I won't waste a whole lot more time with that, except I can tell you these demonstrations, because I, I saw both of them. Uh, the other one is something that's even closer to me and I know a lot more about. But the uh, they're supposed to be kind of impromptu, and, and they're supposed to be uh, just kind of taking place. These things, as you guys probably know, are so well organized the signs are just, I mean, they're supposed to look like they were kind of made up, but so many of the signs say exactly the same thing, and you can tell that it was, this is really a completely organized demonstration they had here. Uh, not uh, not violent, and uh, I don't think there were more than a couple of fights that broke out in that one. Our second demonstration that we had was about the Second Amendment, the CCW. Uh, the, uh... Yes, yes, concealed <laughs> weapons. Yes, I have to laugh at that because this I know quite a bit about. Uh, The the reason that I know about it is because when I was in California, I had a CCW because you guys know I'm a a pro-gun guy. I happen to be one of those people that I believe that any law-abiding legal citizen without mental problems and no violence or criminal in their background uh, should be entitled to have a firearm, a handgun, if they want one. Mm -hmm. If not, fine. They should take a class and know how to handle it. Anyway, in the state of California, which is really tough, uh, I got one, and I got that one through connections. Hmm. Uh, Yes, it was because I was an actor, but also I had some connections with some powerful people there in the political arena, and that's what got me my CCW in California. When I came to North Carolina to do the Matlock series, it was much easier. I got my CCW there just going down, applying, you know, letting them do a background check, and I got it. So I had it in the state of California. I had one in North Carolina, and currently, as I'm talking to you guys, I have a CCW in 32 states, I have a reciprocal CCW that I can carry a concealed wow. weapon in 32 states. 
However, I live in New York City, and in New York City and New York State, I can't have a gun. Mm -hmm. I can't have a handgun. Now, with the new rule that's gone into effect, I can apply for a pistol permit, but just so people understand that all of the liberals that are running around saying, oh, everybody's going to be in Times Square carrying a gun and shooting people and all. They already are, first of all. The illegal ones. (laughs) It it is such nonsense, because the CCW just simply means that if you go through all of the hoops that you have to jump through here in New York, uh, and I haven't even applied for a pistol permit, because here in New York, you apply for a pistol permit, it can take anywhere from 18 months to 24 months for them to consider your permit. Wow. And you pay almost $400 up front. And then if they decide, well, you shouldn't have one, you just you lose your $400 and you still don't get one. But let's say hypothetically that I get one, that I file. and I, I, In fact, I've done that in the last couple of days. I file, and 18 months from now, I get my pistol permit. Well, then what I have to do with my pistol permit is I have to reapply to get my CCW. So this nonsense of thinking because they just, uh, you know, that's Second Amendment. I mean, these guys that brought that lawsuit anyway, the, the two guys, uh, Robert Nash and Brandon Koch, they're the two guys that brought the lawsuit saying that their Second Amendment rights were being violated because they were being told unless they could show proper cause they couldn't carry their gun outside of their house or their apartment. Anyway, that's uh, that's uh, that's another one of those uh, nonsense. Uh, the demonstration, you know, completely. Hey, Jordan, I got a question for you. Yeah, uh, a show that airs after the Liz Calloway show, which is Glenn Beck. I know you know who he is. He when yep. he lived in New York, and he, remember he used to work for CNN and Fox. He had he had listed, documented with the police departments, seventeen different threats on his life. He took those in as proof, and they still turned him down. As for, I know for him to have a gun. What? What? Then what is the point? It, it, it's. I'm telling you, it, it's incredible. It, it just makes it makes no sense at all because basically it's saying. I think I've talked about this before. I really believe the way that you cut down on crime in these blue cities and, and of course, the red cities, too, but the way you cut down on crime is if the criminal does not know that the lady walking down the street whose handbag is over her shoulder, if they do not know that she's armed, Mm -hmm. I think they will think twice about trying to run up and whack her upside the head and take her back. Well, that and stop electing liberals. Yeah. You know, they did, I'm sure you guys know, they did an interview with a, a, a bunch of criminals that were already in jail, mm-hmm. and they asked them what was their biggest fear when they were out doing this crime. And they asked him, you know, was it, was it people having guard dogs? Was it uh, alarms? Was it? And universally, 100% of those criminals, every one of them said their biggest fear was that the homeowner or the individual was armed. Wow. So that's go. that's what that's what scares yeah. me away. Okay, so so that's that. Uh, you you guys will get a kick out of this. Okay. Uh, my my wife decided that she needed a new summer dress, and I wanted a fan for the bedroom because it's getting kind of warm up here in New York, as it is around most parts of the country. So we decided uh, on Sunday that we were going to go down to these three discount stores that are all in one huge block on 6th Avenue between 17th and 18th Street. Mm-hmm. Okay, unbeknownst to me, that Sunday, this past Sunday, was Gay Pride Parade Week. Okay. 
So the, <laughs> <laughs> the gay pride parade was taking place. As a result, we had to walk 35 blocks to get to these stores oh because we couldn't go... We couldn't go cross town anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, uh, the it, the great thing about it was you felt perfectly safe because every corner you came to, there were at least two to four to six police officers mm-hmm. uh, on each one of those corners. And so after we went all through that, the thing that amazed me about the Gay Pride Parade, and and there were no fights, there was no none of that was going on. I was amazed at the amount of young people mm-hmm. that were involved with the parade, watching the parade. Not very many older gay mm. people were out, couples or anything. It was mostly young people, and the rainbow colors were on, of course, on children. Uh, some of the people had the collars on their dogs, and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, it was really something. And, of course, the entire area down there was just closed off. I mean, you you could not get anywhere. So it was just amazing. Back quickly to these young people that uh that not not the ones taking place in the gay pride parade, uh-huh. but the ones that are demonstrating against uh, Roe v. Wade and the gun thing and all of that. You guys you know Mike Rowe, right? Yeah. That end the of dirty yeah, okay. dirty jobs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Rowe had a thing the other night, and I really thought he just hit it right, the nail right on the head. He said that our young people are so indoctrinated today in school that they come out poorly educated, they really have no skill sets, no ambition, Mm -hmm. no guidance, and no realistic expectations of what it means to go to work in the workplace. Absolutely. And he thinks that is an unbelievable uh, thing that we're facing in this country. Yeah. But hardly anything can be done about it because we all know in the universities, almost all of them, I mean, what is it today? If you have one, if you have one conservative professor in that entire university, you probably have another, what, 17 or 18 liberal people just you doing know, their... I'll tell you, it has a lot to do with parenting. First of all, and we know that, you know, that there's not there's a there's uh, some bad parenting out there or absentee parenting. But when you have good parenting and uh, you teach your kids good work ethic, whether it's um, from them watching you or from you, you know, explaining it to them. We just hired um, over at the Reckless Rooster um, two 15 year old young women to work at the uh, at the restaurant. They are phenomenal. I am so impressed by them. Um, they come in early. When they have extra time, they stay late. They call ahead. They say, hey, do you need me earlier? I'm available. I mean, it's like they can't do enough. And, it, and I was just uh, and so happy about it. But it comes from the parenting. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. And, and, and today, at least it looks like there is a movement on that the parents are now yes. trying to take back to schools, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, first of all, I don't think it, that should ever have been taken away from the parents, that it all should have just been done by the teachers and all of this nonsense that's going on in the schools. But I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because when I was in school, I was born in 69. OK, so I was in school in the 70s and 80s. My parents, um, you know, they, they were involved in school and I went through school and 
I, I don't remember any indoctrination going on at all. So now when I'm growing up, my kids in the in the 90s and the 2000s, I'm not thinking any of this is going on. You know, I went to college. I wasn't subjected to indoctrination. And so I'm not aware of it. Now you had COVID and parents are like, what are they teaching my kids? Okay. And they're, they're, they're having a window into the Zoom and, and they realized it. And that's what happened. So I am sure that my kids were subjected to something. I don't know what, but I'm sure. But now yeah. you just assume that even if it's not official documentation or official curriculum, you know for sure there is a teacher that's trying to mold those little brains because they've been told to do that. Right. You sound exactly like my daughter, who has, of course, my two grandsons. You know, one is nine and one is 12. And she just talked about, you know, of course, in Connecticut now, they've been back in school. Of course, they're out now for the summer. But they went back to school much earlier than any place down here in New York or even other places in the country. But Cheyenne said exactly the same thing, that uh, she could not believe when she was homeschooling the kids. She had to take time from work. She didn't really take time. She just had to work from her home because she had to school the kids. And she couldn't believe some of the things that the kids were telling her. And, of Hmm. course, uh, uh, my daughter is, uh, (laughs) she's a Leo. She's very outspoken, and (laughs) she, she doesn't really take anything from anybody. So she went right at the teachers and the teachers union up there and wow. she she raised a lot of hell and uh, and of course you know had some results from it so which was great but you do sound exactly like her uh Liz because that's what she was going through with her kids and was very concerned about it the the only other thing noteworthy about uh, about New York was yesterday of course we had our our primary uh, election for the governor yes yes and Oh yes, yes. Had it had the had the, had the primary up here, and of course, uh, even though everybody's all excited that this particular Republican won, uh, it's this guy Lee uh, Zeldin. Zeldin that was my yeah, congressman yeah, but, where I used to live. I voted for him yeah. many times. He's great. Yeah, yeah. But you know what he is? But, but he, did you see? I mean, he really turned into. He was like Cuomo's guy. What? I mean, he he he. First of all, he voted to impeach Trump. He voted to defend to defund the police. He he voted Wait, along with Zeldin? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, th- th- yeah, Zeldin. This is this is what he did, uh, and so he's almost like a liberal Republican. Uh, but at least he would be better than what we have in there. But uh, but he won. He he won going away. In fact, uh, uh, Giuliani and uh, the guy that I liked, uh, Harry Williams. Uh, Harry Williams like came in fourth or something because he's he's a real conservative Republican. The, the funny thing, when I went over to vote, I had my card and everything, I had to fill out an affidavit because I was a registered conservative. What? And so in order to vote, yeah, in order to vote here for a Republican, I came in and they took my card, they looked at it, and they said, uh, well, you know, you're, you're not a registered Republican. And I said, what? And they said, you're, you're registered as a conservative. And I said, yeah. I, I said, what else could you be if you were conservative? I said, you couldn't possibly be a Democrat because you'd have to go dig up in the graveyard to find, <laughs> uh, to, to find a conservative Democrat. <laughs> you, 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 you'd have to go digging. So I had to fill out an affidavit so that I could vote as a Republican, even though I was a conservative. So it was, uh, it was really an interesting week. <laughs> yeah, I bet. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what it's yeah. like living in New York, right? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I told some friends of mine that always check in with me to see how am I doing, how are things going along, and I tell them, well, you know, we're doing fine. Lynn is, uh, Lynn's got a lot of bookings and uh, everything. I think she's going to invite I told her I didn't know if you could make it, but I'm pretty sure she's going to invite you. She's doing a big gala in Greensboro, North Carolina wow, yeah. in, in November. And she may even have, uh, I think she told me she sent you a thank you card, and I think she may yes. have said something about, she did. about the That's gala right. in there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I told her it's because uh, Greensboro from uh, Myrtle Beach down there, that's a pretty good drive, I would think. Now, is that in Greensboro, South Carolina, or Greensboro, North Carolina? No, it's Greensboro, North Carolina. North Carolina. I've been there. I've yeah. been there. Yeah. It's a beautiful oh, town. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, there's it's a huge uh, adoption agency there that are, they're having this huge gala. Uh-huh. And uh, they found out about Lynn, and they sent a musical director up here to meet with her. Uh-huh. And she's going to be like the, the lead person down there. And they're all so excited. And they've asked me to come and just see if I would speak and say something, because you guys probably don't know this. Uh, you probably haven't got to that part in the book. But I, I have an adopted brother that I did oh. not discover. I didn't discover until my mom had passed away. And I only discovered my adopted brother brother after i was uh, i don't know what my age was it's i've known him now about 10 or 15 years but they wanted me to come down and say something uh, about it it's a, it is called the carolina adoption services and they wanted to know if i might come and, and just you know tell a little tale about you know that uh, my brother and i and how i discovered that i had an adopted brother because that's what they are they're a huge adoption service down there and do a lot of really really great stuff Hmm. But, uh, yeah, they great. do international awesome. adoptions, domestic adoptions, and all of that training and support services. So Lynn is going to be singing there. That's fantastic. That's oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, Lynn is just saying to me, she's sending you a reminder. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, Jordan, uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, guys. I love doing it. Love talking to you guys. Liz and Nick, take care. All right.